are listening to Discovery Church Podcast. Today, we're doing something extra special. Um, yeah, three people, awesome. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, we, we're doing this thing called 300 Seconds. And what it is, I have seven communicators that are each going to have 300 seconds to share the theme. And here's the theme for today. My dream for the city is, okay? And so it's going to be a blast. Uh, if this is your first time here, I do want to let you know that we have a saying that a quiet church is a dead church. Dead church. And so feel free to shout that person down that's preaching uh, to you. Uh, you could say things like, amen. If it's really good, you could be like, mm. If it's super, super good, you could, you could be like, preach, preacher. Okay, but, but here, here, here's something that we talked about last week. If it's super, super good, you have the permission to stand up. You don't even have to say anything. Stand up, and you just nod at them. <laughs> and if it's really good, you stand up, you cross your arms. So they know that they're preaching. So are you guys excited for this? It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. So we're going to have seven communicators. I'm going to open us up with prayer, and then we're just going to go for it. Sound good? Awesome. So let's pray. Father, we love you so much. God, I thank you for this opportunity that we have to come here this morning, God, and to to worship you, Father, and to to give you praise. God, I, I pray right now that you would just help and ease our minds and our hearts, God, whatever uh, it took for us to get here this morning, getting our kids in the car or, or getting our spouse to church or getting our car to start, whatever the deal, God, would you just help us to focus for the next 35 minutes so that we can get everything that you have for us. We love you so much. We bless your name. Be with each communicator this morning. In Jesus' name, come on, everyone say Amen, amen. amen. So here's the first one, my beautiful wife. Let's go. Yeah. I have the privilege of going first. So bear with me. Anyways, good morning. My name is Vanessa Pita. I I am just so honored and so privileged to be able to share with you this morning my dream for my city, and that's clarity. Psalms 146.8 says, the Lord gives sight to the blind. Let that penetrate a little bit. The Lord gives sight to the blind. As a little kid, I was never a fan of mud. Mud was just gross. It was disgusting, it smelled, and when, when you play with mud, it just gets all over the place. But as I grew up, I understood there was actually a benefit to with mud as well. I don't know a lot of you ladies who go to a daytime spa, they get the mud treatment, right? Well, mud has a way of cleansing, purifying, and getting rid of all the stuff in your face. Well, anyways, a few months ago, John and I spent our 10-year anniversary with, uh, with, e- with each other, and we went to our favorite spa ever, Target. Tar- at Target, now we had two choices. We could have get, gotten the light sheet that like just flew on your face, but John wanted to do the mud masks. 
I was not a fan of, as you, I told you, I'm not a fan of the mud masks, but I gave in because he was willing to do a spa night. So I was like, you know, we, we will just go with the flow. So anyways, we went back to the hotel room. We applied the mud mask. And to be honest with you, it wasn't the most pleasant experience. It started to sting. I felt like my pores were just being saturated and not cleansed. Like it just was an uncomfortable situation. But once I took the mud off, I saw the difference. I saw the change. I saw the transformation. And today, I want to let you guys know there's miracle in your mud. All right. We actually, it brought me, we, so we find this, this story in the book of John chapter 9, if you guys are familiar with it, is when Jesus healed the blind man. Now, this blind man was blind his whole entire life. Imagine being blind your whole entire life. It's a scary thing because you're not able to see anything. But what's so awesome is I love how Jesus heals this blind man. Anyways, this blind man was brought to Jesus. And Jesus did something so crazy. So, you know, you would think that he would just touch the man's eyes and say, you're healed. And that would be the end of it. Or anointed with oil. Or do something pretty ordinary. But he did something very extraordinary. He took the dirt of the earth. And then what he did is he spat into the dirt and formed mud. And this mud was the beginning of the miracle that was going to be taking place. Now, how many of you all know, so this, is, this literally happened. This was not a metaphor story. But in this story, the dirt to me represents our trials, our hardships our difficulties, our stresses, our, when we're depressed, our sicknesses. All this, to me, represents the dirt in our life. But you know what Jesus did? Jesus came and he intervened and he spit into the dirt to make the mud. Okay? And today I want to let you know that when you go through trials and tribulations, that God is going to use the dirt in your life to be the thing that sets somebody free, to bring clarity into their situation. Only you can understand. See, what I love in Revelations, God, at the end of Revelations, the Bible says something so profound. That the enemy was defeated by the blood of the Lamb. But guess what? It was also by the power of your dirt your testimony. So I want to share with you today that God is doing something tremendous in your life. You can look at your sicknesses, you can look at your shortcomings and say, you know what, God? I am entrusting you to do something with this. I am entrusting you to set people free. And so I want to let you know today that whatever you're going through, God is setting you free. He's going to use that dirt in your life to bring clarity to those around you. All right, so next up, I have the privilege of introducing Antoine, great man of God here. Good morning, everybody. That's a tough act to follow. That was good. All right, guys, my name is Antoine Cole. 
if you haven't met me before, and my dream for this city is that people will truly come to know the love of God. There's a scripture found in Isaiah 40, 31. It says, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. And just like Vanessa said, just think about those words for a second. When I was 17 years old, I received the Lord into my life. And at that time, I received the Lord as an orphan. I never knew my father. So from that point on, my perspective and my relationship with God was as a father. I prayed day and night as a father would speak to his son. And I asked questions all the time. And God was faithful to let this be the premise in my life is his love. But in this scripture, it talks about those who trust. And there's other translations. Some say those who trust in the Lord. The other says those who wait upon the Lord. The other says those who hope in the Lord. And if you just think about all those things, it's beautiful because his love is what's going to cause us to trust people. You see, you can't trust in the Lord without, you can't trust in the Lord without knowing that you're loved. And if there's anything I could share with you today is the fact that Jesus loves you. It doesn't matter where you think you've been. It doesn't matter what you've gone through in your life. It doesn't matter what's happening right now. His love is what's going to cause you to trust in such a way that you can no longer rest in that dark place. Amen? I don't want to get ahead of myself. I got I to gotta keep in line because I'll preach in this place. So I just want to share with you again, it doesn't matter what you're battling, it doesn't matter what you're going through, in order for you to trust and to hope and to wait on the Lord in the storm of your life, you've got to know first that he loves you. And if you can accept that, if you can receive that, listen, I can tell you right now, I'll give you a million dollars, but if you don't take it from me, then you don't have a million dollars. But his love is greater than that. So if you could just receive the love of God into your life, literally on your own in this spot right now, you could say, Jesus, I receive your love. And whatever you're doing, because it's in that place that you can then say, I trust you. Because see, if, if, I, if I can trust you, or if I know I'm loved by you, I can let my guard down, right? Ladies, you let your hair down. Guys, for those of us who don't have hair, you take your gloves off. Right? I want to share this other passage with you. It's 2 Corinthians 4, 8. It says, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but we are not driven to despair. How many times in your life have you felt like you were in a rough place, but you were pressed? You were hard pressed, and you felt like you were going to enter into despair. That's a place of hopelessness, isn't it? That's a place of not being able to trust, isn't it? But if you truly know and you can embrace the love of God, you can let that go and say, you know what? I trust you. Many of you who know me here, you know that we, my wife and I just experienced losing our home in a fire. And you know what caused me to stand? I can trust him. That's it. That's it. I know I can trust him. It doesn't matter what happens to me. I also want to remind you, you have an enemy that wants to lie to you and tell you that you're not loved. And if I can get you to believe that, you don't need to hear anything else. 
The devil knows if he can stop you in your tracks in that one spot, you have nothing else to stand on. But if you trust me today and believe me, God's love is real and, and can be real in your life personally. Then you can establish this scripture that says, They that trust in the Lord shall be renewed in strength, shall mount up on wings like eagles, shall run and not grow weary, shall walk and not faint. That's my time, everybody. Good morning, everybody. Hi, I'm Mikey. I'm the outreach director here at Discovery Church. And my dream for the city is to make Jesus a priority. And my verse is Matthew 6:33. Jesus is telling us: seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and all things will be added unto you. Keyword, all. Not some, all things will be added unto you. A few years ago, maybe like, I don't know, two, three years ago maybe, somewhere around there, I wasn't feeling well. I was always tired, always struggling with getting up in the morning and just dealing with everyday life. So I decided to join a gym. And if you know me, I'm one of those guys, uh, go big or go home, okay? You either do it right or you don't do it at all, right? So it's kind of embarrassing, but I had a goal to look like one of the Amber Crombie and Fitch guys, right? So I know that goal was pretty tough to meet, right? So I remembered one thing, Ecclesiastes 5.3 says, a dream comes to pass with much business and painful effort, which means I have to get up. I have to go make it happen. I have to pursue my dream. But you have to put Jesus first in doing that first. So I had to make working out a priority in order to achieve that. But I also remember Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. But sometimes I'm sure everyone here has dreams, has goals, has desires, right? And some of those goals, some of those dreams, some of those desires may seem pretty far away, pretty distant, like it's foggy. You barely see it. You keep looking. And then you always got some kind of roadblock sitting up in the way. We make excuses for ourselves not to achieve those dreams, achieve those goals. Maybe we're thinking that those desires is not, we're not worthy enough to achieve those desires. But Matthew 6:33, if we seek Jesus first in every situation and in every moment of our life, not some things, all things will be added unto us. 
according to God's will, too. Yeah. But here's what happens, though. Here's what happens. And this is my own personal thing, what happened to me. When I started to put Jesus first in my life, and I started to put Jesus first in the center of my home, in the center of my marriage, in the center of raising my kids, my perspective changed in life. The things that I thought was important wasn't important anymore. And the things that needed to be important in my life became important in my life. And Luke 137 says, so the word of God will never fail. Right? So we can believe that. He says, we seek him first and his righteousness. All things will be added unto us. And when me and my wife started doing that, and we started to pray and say, okay, Lord, make your desires my desires. Everything started to unfold. Everything started to come in place. Because I knew that the things that was happening, that Jesus was putting there in our life. So remember one thing, guys. In every situation and in everything that we do and in our everyday lives, in our jobs, in our marriages, remember, put Jesus first. Amen. keep raising the bar making it hard I feel for you David hello my name is Paul I wore this just to in case I forgot my dream for this area is to have incredible encounters with Jesus the incredible one <laughs> Incredible, credible count encounters with Jesus. It's hard to get your mind around that sometimes. But we got a scripture verse, and it's from John's Gospel. It's uh, John's Gospel, chapter 4, verse 10. And he said, Jesus said, If you knew, if you only knew, the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. You have to read this chapter to get the whole idea. And I don't have too much time, so I'm going to try to condense it real quick here. It's a story here in John about Jesus' incredible encounter with a woman in Samaria. Now, you have to know the Jews, they didn't associate with the Samaritans. They considered them kind of to be lessers, half-breeds. And so, especially not with a Samaritan woman. And Jesus' disciples went away to get some food, and he's there at this well by himself. And uh, so Jesus, they come back, and here's Jesus talking to this woman. And he's revealing something of himself to her. He asks her at one point to bring her husband, and she denies even having one. I think she was a little ashamed at that moment. And Jesus tells her, well, I know that the man that you're living with currently is not your husband. In fact, you've been married five times, but he doesn't condemn her, okay? This is key. Instead, when, when he says, uh, when she says uh, that he must be a prophet, he has, she has this revelation that, boy, you've got something going on here that's pretty amazing. It's incredible, supernatural. How did you know that about me? And, uh, but then she goes, well, 
here's the thing. You must be a prophet, but when the Messiah comes, when that guy comes, we're waiting for him. When the Messiah comes, Jesus, uh, he's going, wait a second. I am he. He just steps out and tells her, okay, you asked, you asked, just ask. You asked for some living water, but she did. And he says, I who am speaking to you am the Messiah. I'm he. And you know what? Here's the best part. She believes him. That's the key. She believes it. That's all we ever have to do. By asking, we show we have faith. All you ever have to do, all I ever have to do, you want to have a transcendent experience of God, of the living God, just ask. You want to experience healing or an encounter, or you need something, just ask. All you ever have to do is ask. All I ever have to do is ask. That's all we have to do. Just ask and believe, and he'll give it to you. He's so good. He's so good. Some time ago, our church hosted these alpha classes. Where am I? Okay, I see it. We hosted these classes, and uh, we had somebody come, and she was a real smart person. She was a teacher at Casa Grande High School, and in the course of this, we went away for a weekend. She'd been asking a lot of questions, and finally she just said, look, you guys have had a lot of good, a lot of good things to say, but I'm still not there yet. I'm, I'm just not, I just can't quite get my, my mind around this. Who is this Jesus? And I said, well, would you do one more thing for us, Sarah? Sarah, would you just go on a walk and just ask him? Just ask him to reveal himself to you. You know, we, we've tried, and I kind of apologize. We probably tried too hard. But would you just go by yourself out in the woods somewhere, someplace nice, and just ask him to reveal himself to you? She did it. She took up the challenge, and she did it. And you know what happened? He did it. He revealed himself to her. She came back a different person. She was glowing, and she's saying, I saw this sunset, and it was in the form of a red cross, and I just know everything you've been telling me is the truth, and I believe it. Not only did she believe, but then she went and shared that with her family. Her whole family came to faith, just like the Samaritan woman. Yeah. Just like the Samaritan woman in this story, she went and testified and told, look, if you just ask and you believe and you invite, then he will do it and he will be glorified. Amen? That's it. All right. Hello, hello. My name is Janice, and my dream for the city is to see the young people know that God is obsessively in love with you. So my verse is very obscure. So obscure that I have to look it up on my phone as we speak. Oh, hang on. Sorry. It's John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So for most of you, you probably don't know this, but I've been in love before. And I think I still am. Um, I was three years old when I first saw him. I was in my um, living room with my mom watching a movie, and there he appeared on the screen. Just so handsome, so wonderful. His name is Shah Rukh Khan, and he is a Bollywood actor. He is so cute. From three years old to now, I have been his hugest fan. Uh, hugest, I don't know if that's a word, but I've been a huge fan. <laughs> and. 
I remember just, he's been in like hundreds of movies. I've seen a couple of them 10 to 15 times. I'm obsessed. And I had a poster of him that my dad actually beheaded because he was trying to discipline me, but that's a different story. It's fine. Whatever. I, you know, it's, I still remember, but it's okay. No therapy needed. Um, also, I still actually remember his birthday, and I announced it to my family, November 2nd. Hey, guys, it's Khan's birthday. Let's be silent. Think about how great he is, and then move on. So I really love him. I know every detail about him. i just biggest fan ever. 3 to 28, I've been committed. So, I'm, I mean, I just love him. Can I be so bold as to say that God actually loves us this way, that he has this fandom for us? That when it is our birthday, could be he could he be in heaven being like, hey, it's our birthday today. Oh, it's his birthday today. Or if he could have a poster of us, could he have that on his wall and look at it and admire it and be like, oh, she's so good. She's so he's so amazing. Could God love us this way? I think it's true because if you look back in the verse, it could have easily said God loved the world. But he says God so loved the world. I think when you, in our, in our vernacular today, when you put the word so in front of any other word, you're putting a weight to it. You're putting, you're, you're, you're making it more than it is. You're making it more than a word. He so loved the world and he so loves you. And another place where this, it's evident in the Bible all over the place, but another story that's dear to my heart is um, a story in John 11. It's about a man named Lazarus. He dies, and he has two sisters, and they're crying next to his grave. They're crying and just weeping. And then God, and Jesus comes into the scene, and he starts crying with them. Now, for those of you that don't know, Jesus knows good and well that he's about to bring this man up from the dead and have him walking around. But because he sees his two sisters crying, he wants to feel that with them. He wants to, he cries with them. There's one verse in there, John 11:35. Jesus wept, and that was it. And so he loves us so much that every feeling that we have is valid. When we're sad, he's crying there with us. When we're happy and excited, he's celebrating. He knows every detail. Like, I know about my Shahrukh. I know everything about him. It's not just information. The same with Jesus. Like, God, he knows every detail about you, and he celebrates you, and that means something to him. It's just, it's not just information. So for those of you, for those young people out here that are looking for love, looking for that feeling, I'm, I want to let you know that you already have it. You already have a God that loves you more than anybody could ever love you. Any man could ever love you. Any woman could ever love you. And also, if you're here and you're looking for transformation and growth and a purpose in your life, all you have to do is love him back, and you'll get it. You'll get your purpose. You'll get your transformation, and you'll get your growth. I think that's it for me. What's up, everybody? Hey, my name is Nick. Good to see you. Hey, I'm under the weather, so if I cough or, like, pause a lot, it's just because I'm emotional, okay? Um, so my hope for the city is that it would be set free. I hope that Rona Park could be set free. The verse we're going to be in for the couple minutes I have with you is, comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 11, verse 28. 
It says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. <clears throat> so, got a question for you. How many of you guys hate flying? Hate flying, like in the airplanes? Okay. I do too. There's a couple of reasons. A, I, this, the airport is a stressful place for me. But B, I overpack way too much. Um, a, when I, excuse me, when I was in college, I flew to San Diego, my hometown, like three, four times a year. So I packed a lot. Part of that pack... Part of that stuff that I packed was laundry for my mom to do. And B, I packed like so many outfits because I wanted to look good when I went home because who knows, I might be impressing somebody when I'm down there. Um, so I had a huge duffel bag and I fly out Southwest so you can get a free check bag. So I was like, absolutely going to take advantage of that. So I checked my bag every time I flew. Part of that was just because obviously I packed way too much, but I also didn't want to stress when I got through the gate of where's my bag? Oh my gosh, I have to go to the restroom. Oh my gosh, I'm hungry, where's my bag? Um, so I just flew with a backpack. Uh, anyone else take advantage of free checking? Great. So I checked my bag before I even got to the flight so that stress of that can just be left for somebody else and get to my, get to my airplane um, that way. But I remember this one time, this, this guy that I was flying with, he had like three backpacks, a satchel, and a duffel bag. And first off, I was like, I'm pretty, that's not, pretty sure that's not flight regulation that you're doing there, sir. Um, but anyways, he, we, they call your number up to line up. He grabs all his stuff, and then he drops something, and then he picks it back up. And you can clearly tell he's struggling to get into the line. And so he's like, then he reaches into his pocket, tries to find his boarding pass, gives it to them. They scan it. And then he eventually gets on the plane. And then you can see, you can hear his bag clunk amongst the church, clink, 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 clink. And then he's throwing everything into the top shelf. And then he gets to his big bag and he tries to close it, and it doesn't fit. So long story short, the flight attendant comes up to him saying, hey, your bag's not going to fit. And he gets upset. He starts to be like, no, this is my bag. I just want to hold on to it. And I think back to that, and I think to myself, had he checked his bag at the beginning when we were allowed to, I wonder how much more he would enjoy those couple, couple moments right there. And so I think that's the same invitation Jesus has for us. Um, I think that Jesus allows for us to check our bag with him so we can enjoy our, fright, our flight freely. In other words, whatever we have going on in our life, if we check it with Jesus, we're going to have a great life. He gives us abundant amount of forgiveness that we can step into. And through that forgiveness, we can enjoy our life fully. I've seen this come to pass in my own life. Um, actually, the recently, the past couple of months, I've been going through this time of anxiety and depression and worry um, because my past, my previous baggage, was holding me down. It just came out of nowhere and it started like holding me down. And I was like, "Am I even worthy? Can I do certain things?" And and I started to get super emotional. And I was like, "Why am I like this?" It's because the enemy was holding me down with my baggage. I didn't check with Jesus for forgiveness. So you're probably asking me, how do we do that? How do we accept this forgiveness that Jesus offers for us? Well, first, you have to acknowledge that it's, the forgiveness is there. Jesus gives you, gives you the ultimate sacrifice. He, he gives you that forgiveness, right? But secondly, you have to press into that daily. Press into that forgiveness daily because it's not going to be easy, Right? You're going to say, hey, Jesus, forgive me. No, because it can continue to fester in your heart, continue to hold you down. So eventually in, in my, my life, 
I finally gave it over to him daily. And now I can walk freely through all my pain and struggle and say, hey, Jesus, I don't got to worry about that. You got my back. In the book of Psalms, chapter, chapter 65, verse C, it says, Though we are overwhelmed by our sins, you forgive them all. Jesus knows that you're going to go through struggles. He knows the ups and downs and the all-arounds that are going to go through your life. He knows that. So why can't you just step into that forgiveness that he already has given you? Uh, it won't be easy, especially if your baggage is a huge bag. But my closing word for you, check your baggage with Jesus so you can enjoy your flight freely. Good morning, Discovery. You guys are crazy, man. I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna have a hard time getting through this. I'm not gonna lie. <clears throat> All right. So my name is David, and uh, uh, my dream for Discovery uh, for Roner Park is to uh, is to see the city and the and the people, to see them be healed. There's a verse in Psalms, chapter 147, verse three. And it's simple. It just says, he heals the brokenhearted and he bandages their wounds. See, when I was in eighth grade, um, I, I love riding uh, ATVs. And I, I was on a camping trip with my, uh, my family. And we were out there for about a half day. And, and we were having a lot of fun and, and really just enjoying life. And uh, I started getting a little crazy and driving a little too fast. And long story short, I ended up flipping and flying through the air and when I came down, I landed on my elbow, and it, and it snapped it. And uh, my dad came over, and he helped me up, and we ended up, you know, we go to the hospital and, you know, see the doctor, and they put me in a noose and everything. We end up going back home, and I get a surgery to get my, uh, my bone fixed, and then I've got follow-up appointments, and then a follow-up surgery as well. And, and uh, really, the hospital acted just like a team of people that were there to help heal me, <laughs> which was... Uh, it was awesome because riding ATVs is, is something that I love. And to take that away from me would take away a part of, of my passion and my joy in life. It's something that, that makes me who I am. And so what I want to say is this. Um, there are two things that allowed my healing to happen. The, the first of which is that when I got wounded, I knew where to go. I'd always gone to a hospital. I was born in a hospital, so I knew what a hospital was for. You get hurt, you go to the hospital, they fix you, and you go on your way. But the second thing is I had to give them access to my wound. See, how silly would it have been if I had shown up at the hospital every single day and never let them treat me? It's stupid. I could learn the, the medical terminology, I could learn the, the theories, I could learn everything about that hospital, but if I never gave them access to my wound, I wouldn't be where I am today. See this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the Bible says this. It says, the spirit gives one person the ability to speak with wisdom. The same spirit gives another person the ability to speak with knowledge. The same person... <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, the Spirit gives people faith. Says another, the Spirit gives the ability to heal. Another can work miracles. Another can speak what God has revealed. And another can tell the difference between spirits. And all of these gifts come from God. God has given 
the ability to heal you to the church, to the people here. It says so right in his word. So what I'm asking from you today is for you to show up at a local church, for you to give us access to your wounds, for you to say, God, heal me. I am broken. I am hurting. God, I need your help. Heal me. Oh, man, I'm sorry. I recently started giving more people access to a wound that I had never given access to before. And guys, I can't tell you. I can't tell you what it's like. It's something you have to experience for yourself. But God will move like you've never seen before. In every area of your life, everything that has held you down, everything that is currently wounding you, that is not God's plan for your life. That is not God's future for you. That is not what he has for you. So my challenge to you today is to just come in and say, God, heal me. I give you access to my wounds. I give you access to the people in my life. I'm just saying yes, God, and I want you to heal me. And he'll do that. And he'll move like you've never seen before. And truly, it's something amazing. That's it. That's all I got. Come on, can we give it up for our communicators and then for Jesus? Thank you for listening to Discovery Church Podcast. Remember, we will have a new message for you every Monday at 5 p.m. Make sure to like and subscribe, and you will be notified when a new episode is ready for listening.